On first down, the handoff to Marlon Mack. Huge hole, 50-yard line. He's at the 40, still going near sideline. He's at the 10. He's at the 5, and he will score. Touchdown, Marlon Mack. Touchdown, I-N-D-Y. And again, it's picked off. It's Darius Leonard. Leonard with a second INT, and he's streaking down the near sideline. He's at the 40. He's at the 30. He's at the 20. He's going to go. A pick six for the Maniac. Kenny Moore gets to Deshaun Watson. That's a sack for Kenny Moore. Kenny has a pick and now a sack in the game. Horseshoe is back, baby. The horseshoe is back. What's going on, Colts Nation? Welcome back to the Bring the Juice podcast. I'm your co-host, Derek Larger, and joining me as always is Cody Felger. Cody, how are you today? Uh, I'm good, man. Uh, so for those fans who are listening and kind of notice, maybe my voice sounds a little bit different. Uh, well, I had a little bit of trouble with my mic, um, so trying to get that fixed, but kind of using the internal speakers right now in my my Mac. So if it sounds a little bit off, that's why, but I think it's still legible where you can hear me and hear what I'm saying. So you have to bear with me here. But other than that, Derek, I'm, I'm doing all right, man, um, and, and excited for this episode, man. Absolutely. All right, we're going to jump right into it here. What we decided to do is we would do a little bit of a retrospect on uh, how the 2019 draft packs uh, picks fared for us this year uh, by giving them a grade. I know we did this a little bit earlier in the year where we kind of talked about some of the, the rookies that we thought could potentially break out, and we talked a little bit about others, but here we're going to rank how they did for us in 2019 specifically. So we're going to go down the list here uh, right off the beginning, and that is uh, first pick that we had, which is in the second round, was Rakyasin, the cornerback from Temple. Uh, Cody, what kind of grade would you give Rakyasin for t- the his rookie season? Yeah, um, and this one is is interesting. I've seen a lot of division among Colts fans on how did Rocky Sin do his rookie year. Honestly, I felt like he had times where he had his rookie moments, but overall I thought he had a solid year. I felt like he was kind of an ascending player at the back half of the year. I mean, he started 15 games for you, and we know especially at the corner position, that's one of the hardest positions in football to play. Um, lined up against you know really good receivers a lot of the time, and we know that one game, that infamous uh, Denver Broncos game, actually is kind of funny because um, Ben Banigou, who we had on a couple of days ago, or I guess about a week ago maybe when we dropped this podcast, uh, he was talking about that was his favorite game. But I, I can almost guarantee you that was Rocky Sin's least favorite game, the game he wants to forget. Lots of penalties, had was lining up against one of the best receivers in the game in Cortland Sutton, and it was just – a very tough moment. You know, you talk about growing pains with rookies. I think we really saw a lot of growing pains with Rocky Sen, but I'm sure he learned a lot through that. And I'm sure, you know, we, we talked about with Ben, you know, sometimes failure that that quote, sometimes failure is the best teacher. I think a lot of times Rocky Sen learned a lot and it showed at the second half of the season. I felt like he played really, really well. So overall um, he had his, inter- he had an interception, five passes defended, uh, 68 combined tackles, 54 solo tackles. So overall, I thought he was solid. I'd give him a B. Derek, what would you give him? I'm going a B- minus for Rockison. Uh, like you mentioned, the beginning half of the year, you obviously had the issue of him getting acquainted right away 
uh, just trying to get used to what you would call NFL speed. Uh, obviously, his work ethic and his mindset is there. Just was having a hard time putting it together in the beginning. But like you mentioned, at the end of that season, he really started to turn it on and just seemed to be making a lot more plays towards the end of the season. So that's why I'm going to give him a B-. minus. Now let's move on to the second pick. And it was our friend who we just had an interview with earlier this week. And that is uh, Ben Banigou and the second round pick from TCU. Uh, Cody, what did you give Ben for his grade for this season? Yeah, and if Ben's listening to this, uh, I promise, man, uh, don't don't hate me for this, but it was just something where we just didn't see a lot. So overall, I'm going to give it probably probably a C just because, you know, he didn't start any games for you. Um, he, he got two and a half sacks. You mentioned that Denver game. I think his first snap, he said, was a sack against Phillip Rivers in that in that opening game. But overall, man, I, I felt like he kind of had, you know, similar to another guy who we think could potentially break out. Uh, Kamoko Ture, I felt like he kind of had a season like Kamoko Ture did his rookie year where he showed flashes, but he didn't put it all together. He wasn't consistently rushing the passer. And, I, uh, and you know, maybe it's in due in part to kind of the log jam that the Colts had there at defensive end. But I felt like even when Kamoko Ture went down, I thought Ben Banigou would see more snaps and, and get more pressure and get more chances to get sacks. But at the end of the day, he only had two and a half sacks, 11 tackles, a forced fumble. I mean, you know, it's kind of like I give him a C, but it's also like inc- an incomplete grade because we didn't. See, I felt like we didn't see him a ton, so I'll probably give him. I'll just stick with a C for now. But there's certainly a lot of upside with this guy. Yeah, I'm going with a C plus here. Uh, like you mentioned, it, the limited snap count just kind of made it difficult to give a grade. I felt like if we had seen a lot more of him, that grade would definitely be on the uprise. Uh, I give him a C plus I'm half tempted to give him a B minus just simply off of the fact that, you know, those few plays that he did make a lot of those were very important plays, especially, you know, the game that's the play that sealed the deal uh, against Denver in the middle of the season. So that certainly helped. Uh, Like you mentioned, a lot of upside with this guy, uh, no question. And he's our friend. We like him and he's definitely going to be, Uh, a really good addition for the Colts here, uh, especially with the defensive line getting the way it is. There's going to be a lot more people getting snaps. So we'll definitely have to keep our eyes out for him. And then now we're going to our other second round draft pick. And that is Paris Campbell, the second rounder from Ohio state university. Uh, Cody, what do you, what are you grading him? Yeah, I'm probably going to be similar just because we didn't see a lot of him. He was injured a lot only really played in seven games in 2019, but I'll probably give him a C plus because I felt like he had a few games there, you know, in limited snaps where he really shined. And there was, that, I think it was the Pittsburgh game, if I'm not mistaken, where he had over a hundred scrimmage yards. So he showed that he can be a threat when he's given the opportunity and when he can stay healthy and when his body cooperates. So I'm probably going to go with a C plus slightly higher than Banigou because I felt like you know, besides that one sack against uh, against Denver, I felt like Paris Campbell made a few more splash plays. So just a few. I mean, the, the sample size is small for both of these guys. But right now I'm going to go with the C-plus for Paris Campbell. Derek, what are you going to do for, for your guy? You know Paris Campbell very well. Obviously, Ohio State guy. What do you think about him? Yeah, I'm going with what you gave Ben, and that was a C. Um, unfortunately, I just saw a bunch of times where – 
you know, when Paris was in there, he turned the ball over a couple times. Like to see him, you know, work on that, uh, making sure he's securing that ball a lot more. And like you said, when it came to the injuries, obviously he didn't play that much. So again, the thing is limited. It's hard to get a read on a guy that didn't play a lot, but you're right in the times that he did play, uh, he was really good. uh, And he made some big splash plays and look for Phillip rivers and the Colts to continue to find ways to make him useful. Uh, But just with the limited plays that he got and the few turnovers that he had, I'm giving this a C. And yeah, now we're going to move that, on. What I'm was sorry, that? Before, before we go, I was just going to throw in the, the stat. You mentioned the turnovers. So in that Pittsburgh game, he actually had two fumbles. Uh, and in, in the Oakland game a few games earlier, he had a fumble. So he lo- he had three fumbles and he lost one. So, mm-hmm. yeah, definitely he, he turned the ball over a few few times. But, yeah, we can go on to the next guy. Sorry about that. No, you're good. Yeah, that's a good thing for people to remember. Um, all right, so we'll move on. To uh, I think that one of the guys that Cody and I uh, debated as a rookie of the year for the Colts, and that is the third round pick Bobby Okariki from Stanford. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and give my grade on here first. Uh, I am going to go ahead and give Bobby Okariki a, and this is this is only what I saw from the time he was playing. I'm, I'm not going to shorten him much because of uh, playing time because of how good this this linebacker core is but I'm giving Bobby Okariki an A minus giving Bobby Okariki an A minus because at the end of that season Bobby Okariki I think solidified himself as that potential option to be a starter on that linebacking core for the Indianapolis Colts He's phenomenal, had a bunch of takeaways. He started to look like a really good linebacker in multiple ways, both in the short passing game and in the run game. Again, he's just a another kind of Darius Leonard, maybe not as athletic, but he's long, he's athletic, he can move, and just has good instincts. From what we saw from him this year and the way he really turned it on towards the end of the year, I'm giving Bobby Okariki an A-. minus. Okay. I'm going B plus. I'm going B plus just because I want to see more of this guy. I wanted to see more of him. He, st- I mean, he played in 16 games, only started eight. Man, I wish he would have started all 16. He was phenomenal, like you mentioned. Uh, he had a sack, two forced fumbles. I believe he had like I don't know what you actually call it when you get an interception return for like on a two point conversion. I'll call it. Like yeah, a I don't know two, the exact terminology for that. I'm not sure, <laughs> but he had one of those, um, and he was just an impactful player overall. And I think he's a guy, man. You know, you talk about some guys that'll be free agents next year. You know, even thinking about Anthony Walker. You know, does this kind of sway the Colts on potentially bringing back Walker? Because you got a guy like Okariki who really showed out here in his rookie year, and you got to think he's going to get even better. Do you do you bring Walker back? I like Walker a lot, but do you feel like the ceiling's higher with Okariki than you do with Anthony Walker? And that's a debate we'll probably have to have later on down the road here. But it's just an interesting thing. And, and you know, credit Bobby Okariki. He's a guy that, you know, there was a lot of talk last year around training camp. You know, is there was a line inside linebacker battle, right? The middle linebacker position was battle between Bobby Okariki and Anthony Walker. And then it seemed like Walker really just took that by the horns, took that position by the horns and just didn't relinquish it. But Bobby Okariki found ways to get on the field. And credit Bobby Okariki, man. He, when he was on the field, he was making plays, and that's exactly what the Colts' defense needs. And he was a phenomenal, 
find. He was a, definitely a, a diamond in the rough there in the third round. Looks like a guy that's going to be a surefire starter for the Colts for the next decade at least. I mean, he's just one of those yeah. guys, man, that just fit. You know, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, you mentioned we're going to have to have that discussion of Bobby Okariki, Anthony Walker. We're definitely going to have to have that conversation at some point. I feel like that will be a a heated debate, especially amongst the uh, Colts fan base for sure. Yeah, yeah, he's just he's a guy that I really, really am high on, and I like him a lot. Yep. And credit, yeah, like I said, credit Bobby Okariki. He's a guy that you know when you're that good, when you're making plays like that, and you're showing that and flashing in practice. The coach has no choice. He has to find a way to get you on the field. And that's what Iberflus did with Bobby Okariki. So um, we, I can move on to the next guy here, Kari Willis, another guy who we had the debate for potentially the best Colts player, at least rookie-wise, on that defense last year. He's a guy, man, that he, he played in 14 games, started nine of them, took that starting uh, strong safety position away from Clayton Gathers, did not relinquish it, was super, super productive, 71 tackles, uh, was just phenomenal overall. Just a guy that's just a really good player. He kind of gives me, I don't know if you remember, you probably remember Antoine Bethay. He kind of gives me those type of vibes, that type of guy, definitely a steal in the fourth round. And I know that, that uh, Antoine Bethay was also, I think he was like a sixth round pick or something like that in 2006. So this gives me the this, this similar vibes there. He's 5'11", 213. So uh, he's a you know he's a pretty decent sized safety there, and he's 23 years old. I thought he was phenomenal. I'm going to give him an A. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna go an A minus here. Uh, the same thing with Bobby Okariki. Uh, kind of in the same situation where you know Kahari came in, took that starting role, and that's not easy to do when you're a fourth round draft pick to come in and do that. But obviously the Colts still needed help in the secondary, and Kahari Willis provided that you know you have Malik Hooker who's a great ball hawk or you have Kahari Willis who's definitely not afraid to come down and initiate contact on anyone I mean he really is a hard-hitting safety which is exactly what you need you mentioned the stats and Kahari Willis is is a phenomenal guy Uh, I certainly hope he continues to get better because it definitely looks bright for him like what we saw with Okariki so I'm giving it an A- minus. that's good and then the next day, um, another uh, fifth round pick, uh, pick 144, 6'2", 195 from USC. He was actually a safety at USC, but the Colts converted him to cornerback. And that's Marvell Tell. Derek, what do you think about Marvell Tell? What grade are you going to give him? Uh, I'll probably go with a, I'm going to probably go with a C for Marvell Tell. Um, it's just one of those things. He didn't get a whole lot of playing time. You know, obviously he was kind of thrown in with some of the with the cornerback situation being, you know, Pierre Desir being out a lot of last season, uh, kind of got thrown into the wolves. But again, it was another one of those things that as the season went on, I started to see him, you know, take a few gambles and start making some bigger plays, uh, some more important plays down the stretch, which is certainly something that you want to see from your guy. But again, he's still a long ways to go. Uh, he d- does get caught you know, gambling sometimes, and that gets him in really bad situations. But he has the intangibles and the and the instincts to be able to be a good player. He's just got to continue to put it together. So I'm giving this a C. Yeah, and I, I'm right there with you. I'm going to go C plus because I saw a lot of good things. Honestly, I felt like Marvell Tell played a lot better than I thought he was going to play, especially coming from free safety to corner. I mean, 
that's just a, a big transition, especially as a rookie. You know, it feels I feel like you see it the other way a lot of times. You know, you think Charles Woodson. Uh, I believe he he was a corner for a while and then switched back switched to free safety as he got a little bit older. But Marvell Tell, you mentioned he's got all those intangibles. Man, let's just look at his size. I think that is the thing that stands out the most. He's 6'2", 198. His wingspan is 80 inches, which is the 75th percentile. That's crazy. Arm length 33 and an eighth inch with the 91st percentile. So he is a guy, man, that is absolutely huge. Like he is, you know, you talk about what Ballard's looking for in corners. I mean, he is a long, long guy, long corner. Mm -hmm. He's like, oh man, if he can put it all together, I mean, he's going to be a guy that really has the physical tools to be a dominant corner in this league. I truly believe that. I mm-hmm. thought overall he had his rookie moments, kind of like Rocky Asin did at times. But then overall, I was pleasantly surprised with Marvell Tell. I mean, 23 tackles, he forced a fumble, five passes defended. I thought he played really well. He's only 23 years old. For a fifth-round pick, man, I thought he played really, really solid there for the Colts in his rookie year. And then the last guy we can we can kind of talk on, and there's other, there's I know there's other draft picks, but this is the last guy that really made the roster and kind of even I mean he didn't really do much, but he was actually on the Colts 53 man roster, and that's EJ Speed. Only only finished with seven tackles. I feel like he showed out a lot more in the preseason. He's another one of those guys, man, that he had he is very very long and very very athletic, mm-hmm. you know, kind of the Darius Leonard, Bobby Okereke mold type of guy. He's oh, a yeah. young guy out of Tarleton State, so it's a guy that, you know, not really coming from a big school, kind of an unknown. It gives me Darius Leonard vibes just later on in the draft because, you know, Darius Leonard coming out of South Carolina State, nobody knew who he was, right? It's a no-name school, but Ballard has a really, really good track record of finding guys like that where nobody knows who they are, but they just pop out on tape, and he's just like, man, who is this guy? I remember him, him talking about that. Like, I don't even think they had EJ Speed on their board initially and then they just like saw film on him and they're just like they just did their research like this guy is absolutely insane and so uh, I I like EJ Speed quite a lot I mean I'm just gonna go with the C because it's just incomplete we didn't see a lot of him Uh, but I thought overall he played decent in the preseason when he was given the chance but Derek what do you think for EJ Speed I mean, I'm going to give this a C minus, and the only reason I'm giving it a C minus again, we didn't see him really much at all in the regular season. But like you mentioned in the in the preseason, the dude was averaging nine and a half tackles a game when he was in, and I mean, he played for a half most games. I mean, it's incredible to think. I mean, when you look at when you looked at the preseason, when you watched it. That was the name they were calling more than anyone was EJ Speed because he was just everywhere, man. He was just everywhere. Mm-hmm. They, they keep saying Darius Leonard is the you know the athletic freak. This guy is an athletic freak. I mean, it's incredible. I mean, he's six foot four. When you're two hundred and thirty pounds, you're six foot four. You're as long as he is. I think he's as long as uh, Darius Leonard times four. I mean, it's incredible to think, you know, this guy, when I talk about intangibles, has the intangibles. If he can continue to learn behind Darius Leonard and Anthony Walker and gets better in everything that he does, whoo, boy, it's going to be, he's going to be something different here these next couple of years once he gets a shot. Yeah, and a little bit more about EJ Speed because he's pretty unknown still. So a little bit about speed. He was actually a high school quarterback and receiver. (laughs) 
um, <laughs> who actually started his career at Tarleton State. He actually started on offense, which is interesting. Yeah. Um, and so he has that athletic ability. I mean, I think wide receivers, man, like if you're playing wide receiver and then you convert to linebacker, you're going to be pretty darn athletic. Yep. And so he's he's very, very athletic. Um, he's a guy, man, that in Division Two, where, where he, you know, where he went to school, he he led the, the division and 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 forced fumbles. Um, you know, he he had 106 tackles there in 2018. Uh, he he was just fantastic there in the second in in Division Two. But again, it's Division Two, so a lot of people didn't really know who he was. But you know, those guys always intrigue me a lot. Those guys who nobody really knows about but are very, very productive at maybe a low, against lower competition. And it's interesting to see. And I liked, I really like this pick because he has all the intangibles to potentially be a solid linebacker. He's an athletic freak. Um, and that's kind of what these, you know, these later draft pick draft picks are about is just finding guys who have those physical tools. And so he's definitely a guy that's going to be interesting to watch, man. He's 24. He's going into his second year now. How is he going to continue to develop? You know, is he going to be potentially a guy that, Maybe down the road, if he gets puts it all together, he could be another playmaker for this Colts linebacking core. So, oh yeah, very interesting there. Um, next guy, I believe it was, was it Jackson Barton? Next, was he the next guy on the list? Yeah, I, I think I it was Jackson him. Barton. Yeah. Okay, yeah, Jackson Barton. Uh, he got cut by the Colts. Um, he was waived August thirty first. Uh, signed to the practice squad. Signed off the practice squad. Now from the defending champion Kansas City Chiefs. I believe he's still on their active roster now. Uh, didn't really do a whole lot. So, you know, I don't really know if we can give these guys grades because they didn't do anything for the Colts. Uh, these next couple guys, Jackson Barton, you mentioned. Uh, Gary Green, another guy who he didn't see action. I mean, he floated around practice squads a little bit. He was on the Colts practice squad, um, went to the New England Patriots practice squad, was released and came back to the Colts for a second stint. And so now he's on the Colts practice squad, didn't really make an impact. Uh, Javon Patterson, another guy the Colts drafted there uh, in the seventh round. He's a guy I think, believe he tore his ACL um, in. Tra- it was either training camp or OTAs or so- somewhere in the off season. He tore his ACL. Didn't see him at all. Um, so these last couple guys we can kind of clump together as just you know they didn't, they didn't contribute. So there's no need to give them a grade. But yeah, I, I guess that kind of wraps it up, Derek, for for this podcast. We kind of want to do something a little bit different and give you guys our take here on, on looking back a year later with the NFL draft coming up here very soon. Kind mm-hmm. of our take here on on 2019 draft picks. Obviously, a lot of these guys still have a long way to go, but, you know, nobody – it's way too early to crown any of these guys, you know, future Hall of Famers. You know, Pat McAfee said Bobby Okereke, future Hall of Famer. Certainly <laughs> off to a pretty decent start. But, you know, there's no there's no need to say – Oh, Rocky Hassan, oh, Paris Campbell, draft bus. We just don't know. It's they've only they've only been in the league one year. So it definitely uh yeah, it's definitely good to just kind of look back though and reflect and see what guys made an impact. What were some of the what were some of the steals? What are some of the guys who still have something to prove? But yeah, I think that wraps up this podcast. Thanks guys for listening, as always. And as always, go Colts. <laughs>